What's up, everybody? Special and do not fast forward. Do not fast forward. Special announcement. So last night was James Corden. That means today, my special, we fully released it for free on YouTube. I need everyone to go on there, comment, review it, just say, this is awesome. This is great. Five stars and share it with as many people as possible. The special is now available for free. If you bought it for the $6 that we charged and now you're like, but it's free now. You've had it before anyone else can have it. Now we're doing it for free on YouTube. So one, I appreciate everyone that bought it. And two, even if you bought it, go watch it again. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Share it with friends. Put it on Facebook. It's free. You're not asking anyone to spend any money. Post it to your Facebook. Get, put a tweet out there. Email it to your friends. Drag your grandmother over to watch it. Either way, I'd really appreciate it. It will help. As my thank you, I have a double episode that starts today. If you're a Crab Feast fan, you're going to know who this is. Here's the deal. Jay Larson Comedy on Instagram. Jay Larson Comedy on Facebook. Twitter. Comedian Jay Larson on Facebook. Hartford, you know I'm coming out there 6th, 7th, and 8th of November. Boston, I'm there the 14th, 15th, 16th of November. I love you guys. Come out to shows. Go watch that special. This episode is a two-parter. Half today and then the other half on Monday. So, the, uh, the second half has got two doozies. It has two stories. It's about 45 minutes to an hour for two stories. My guest this week, Mark Kunzman, AA a.k.a. Kunzi, a.k.a. Marcus, a.k.a. The Sandman, baby. He's not the Sandman. He's got a great podcast called Trapper Keeper Confessions where he goes through and reads poetry from his high school when he was wrote 200 poems in high school, and he and his wife dissect them. It's hilarious. If you've heard the stories about Kunzi on the Crab Feast, you are going to love this episode because he's here in the flesh, one of my favorite human beings on the planet. He's got a great podcast, Trapper Keeper Confessions, Go, go subscribe. Go get that. You get this. You'll get that. Watch the special. Review it on YouTube. Jay Larson Comedy, YouTube, the special. And know that Monday, the second half with two amazing stories will come out of this podcast. So it's a two-parter as my thank you to you. I love my boy, Mark Kunzman, Kunzi, uh, the K-Man. Please enjoy this week's ep and uh, watch the second half. On Monday, or listen, if you listen, please enjoy. Oh, I can't even tell you how good it is to have you here, the K-Man. It's good to be here, Jay Lawson. Ladies and gentlemen of the through line, and I imagine we have a lot of Crab Feast fans tuning in because it's the one, the only, Mr. Mark Kunzman, the K-Man, a.k.a. Marcus, a.k.a. <laughs> the Kid, a.k.a. Are there any I'm missing? Kunzi? Yeah, Kunzi, for sure. That's how... That's how everyone in the crowd feast knows you as, as Co- Coonsy. Yes, there have been some stories told. Friend of the pod, I guess I was. But then I was I was kicked off the pod. No, you kicked yourself off the pod. Listen. You kicked your, you. We can get into that for sure. Uh, for those of you who don't know the K-Man, I'm just Marcus happy to be and here. I, first of all, can I just tell, we're going to share a lot of stories today. Because it's, you know, I always have comedians on the show and that I'm friends with, but never someone who, first of all, Former comedian, how many times did you do comedy? This is the greatest thing about this human being. He's a civilian, okay? But he was an actor. He was on some TV shows, did some independent films. We'll, we'll get into some of them. And then, you know, he, because he has so many varied interests, which you've been a real estate agent, 
You've been a masseuse. Oh, that's a whole other world, yes. Then you were selling pitching machines? No, no, no. It was markerless motion capture, whatever it is. Sure. Just, just imagine Will Smith school, in... Yeah. And now has an, a great career. I mean, so many different things. So left acting and then went off and then was living in Atlanta. And then I would just get an email. Hey, man, take a look at this. Let me know what you think. And it's him in a comedy competition. <laughs> just since, What were you thinking? I don't know, but going through my tapes recently, uh, old Slugging. VHS tapes. Sl- oh, okay. I was going to say, what tapes? Like stand-up tapes? And I found an L.A. show. A lot of people from the World Cafe where Jay and I met. It was at the, I guarantee I know where it was. And you introduced me. Yeah. And I it was went up. Third Street Promenade, right? I don't remember where it was. Okay. But what I do okay. remember, uh, before me destroying the tape, is how racist homophobic and sexist my five minute set was it was so horrible i sent you a clip of you introducing me my wife walked in she goes what the hell is this she's like play that again and she's like you need to destroy this i go you are so right and i'm not one to destroy things from the past yeah this one i was like this is this goes away really well don't forget i mean dude you know what i've been binging on since kate's been gone what entourage have you watched an episode of Entourage? Homophobic, I, <laughs> sexist, sexist uh, demeaning to women. Er, name it. I will go on YouTube and watch on occasion like the best of Ari Gold. And he's horrible, but he's wonderful. That's hilarious. But that's a show. This was me doing stand-up. I understand, and it but was that's ho- what stand-up is. It's also a show. You're up there in an act to entertain people. So, And okay. it was a different time where people... It, we didn't have so much light on those things to realize how insensitive it was because nobody was shining a light on it. Yes, but when you broached the subject, because one of the things you left off my many uh, jobs was a substitute teacher, and That's I did right. a bit of taking two young girls who were fighting outside and telling them to, like, now shake hands. You don't want detention. Now take your All left right. well, hand and do, touch her hair. It was horrible. Don't do the bit. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, we all that's the thing about comedy though. You get up there and you try things. And when you haven't done it and that was your first time trying it, let's not dwell on that stuff. Can, Can I we, say one thing though, man? Only one thing and then we're going to have to wrap it up. I was there on the first night you did comedy at a stand up above a brewery. I went with you and I think I even performed. You did perform. Yeah. Me, you and Swanee. No, it's just me and you. It's just me and you. We all did 3 minutes or we both did 3 minutes. I tanked, and then I did Dublin's the next night. But I'm very proud of that. I was there. You came over. You're like, dude, I'm thinking to do this. I'm like, awesome. You're like, you want to come with me? I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That is one thing that I think never has left you is that you are always down for whatever. Don't you think? I appreciate that. Um, I try to be, Mm -hmm. but I think there's a massive fear inside that I overcome, I compensate for by just, if the opportunity arises, to to step up. To mean to just do whatever? Yeah, I mean, because sometimes I think I could be very uh, reserved and shy. Yeah. But I try and get myself out of that when the situation arises. Well, let me just list a couple things. So if people are like, oh, does he seem like a reserved and shy guy? Um Went to China with business school and ended up getting into a getting a, attacked at a bar where your nose was broken. Had to stay in the country, get paid off ten thousand dollars while the guy was in jail. Uh, 
drank yourself drunk at a bar mitzvah that we were both waiting tables at where you passed out in the back alley. Um, yeah. What are some other highlights that we said we were going to cover today? I mean, those are two extremes. Uh, Had a threesome with two girls in a house that you were house-sitting for where one ended up cutting herself on a broken window and then there was blood all over the house and you had to cover it up. I had to cover it up. Cover it up. Um, and then I got thrown out. And then you got thrown out of the house. When I told the truth. When you told the truth. Uh, what, was, what were some of the other highlights? Uh, I did an independent film here. Did an independent film that where they put you in character and then you went around telling people you were had to get to a hospital because your face was crushed. That was so much. That was the best part of doing this, that crappy film. <laughs> it was my favorite thing. Um, it was so low budget. And I was just starting to date my wife at the time. And they spent more on catering than they did on sound or, uh, equipment. It was horrible. Can I to- say something about your relationship with your wife? Yeah. I feel that there are people that have relate. There's two types of couples out there. The couples that are straight up like, hey, this is who I am. You either like it or you don't. And those, and like, and then the other couples that are like, hey, um, I'm, this is the Instagram version of me, but you don't know these other things about me because I'm afraid to tell you about them because you might not like them. And they kind of keep that like secret world. You guys, I always, I remember, and I'm going to interrupt you a lot today probably. I remember you were like, I'm just happy to be here. I was doing a show and you were with your wife. Then you were dating, and you were at the Cozy Inn, and you're like... Love the Cozy Inn. Love the Cozy Inn. And this is when I used to do late night spots at the store, so I was like, I met you at the Cozy at 1 a.m. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. And I rolled in, I just go, what's up? And I went right to the jukebox, and I put in money to play my songs, because they were like, last call! And I go over, and like we had like a half hour of songs left, and I go over and I go, where's Kristen? And you go, oh, she's right over there. And she's dancing with some guy. Long hair. And she's got his hat on. And I go, what's going on? He's like, oh, she's having a dance. That's what we do. And I was like, with that guy? And you're like, yeah. You're old school. You were confident in that. That would never happen in my relationship. Well, hold on. To, just to clarify, it's not what we do. Like, we're not swingers. Just to- No, no. <laughs> Guys, it's what they do. <laughs> it's more, my wife knows that if I'm traveling and I sit at a bar, I will have a lengthy conversation with a woman. I, mm-hmm. I love women. I love the banter. I love it. it. makes me feel good about myself. But she also knows that I won't step over that line. Yeah. And you love you just love people in general. I do. But you know. here's the thing. I will tell her about those conversations. Yes. Where I think most people would not. Um, or when, when, we, I, when I have to tell my wife about those conversations, I go, I met this lovely woman. She's been married five years. Reminded me a lot of you. She's got, um, she and her husband, they have like this organic farm. He's a great guy. I follow him on Instagram now. It has to be like that kind of setup, at least in my world. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, in it, my it, head, I'm like, that's what you I, got a great wife. That's I, how I want her to set up too. Cause she tells me about dudes that she like sits next to on a plane and you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah, that's great. It's, it's important to just, if it was a good conversation, if it was interesting, if it was worthwhile speaking of, I remember when we came out to LA for a wedding in Ohio, we met up with you guys. I called my ex-girlfriend who I speak to all the time. She's a lovely person. We dated for when I first moved out here. Right, yep. And she's like, do you want to meet for breakfast? I was like, absolutely. We thought it was just breakfast. We spent the whole day with her. Because they got along swimmingly because there's some common element right. between See, this them. Is, that's besides me. Not a, <laughs> that is the common. That's the through line for them. Yeah. Uh, 
But that's what I'm saying. Not all relationships can go meet up with one of the person's exes. I always thought, I'm like, I always wanted to be the guy that would be friends with the ex and my wife would be friends with my, you know, but that's just not, that's, that was never who I was at the end of the day. You know Do you remember I mean? the picture I sent you that you got upset with me about? When we lived in, in Venice, mm-hmm. after we worked at our restaurant, we would often have gatherings and they were often at my apartment. Mm-hmm. And we had a poker, it was like a strip poker type thing. You recall this? And First of all, this wasn't a, yes, we did. It, it didn't get to full strip poker, but it was just dancing and all this. And there was uh, one of the waitresses there. There's a picture that I took, and I'm not a good photographer, and it's her just kind of dancing on top of you. And the smile on your face, I captured in that moment pure just like laughter. Someone said something. It's wonderful. And I go, you know what? I took a couple of those pictures. I put it in like a three-set frame. And I sent it to you, and in the back I wrote, like, just pure happiness. And you were like, dude, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> what am I going to do, put that up yeah, in my house? Babe, remember this? This is the girl I used to work with here. Yeah, well, see, that's... That was the intention, but I didn't think about... That's often the case. The, the intention's there, and then I'm like, well, what are the ramifications? Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's the kind of thing. Like, put it this way. I don't know many wives that would be like, yeah, totally put that up. Um Mine would not. I do not have pictures of my ex-girlfriend there. I, I didn't think about it. But um, I will say this. In life, when we meet people, there are very few people you can say, oh, yeah, I remember the exact moment I met you. You know, I, I remember the exact moment we met. Do you remember the exact moment we met? I've heard this, and I lied to you. Yes. I can see it clear as day. I'm at the bar. You know where the, you pick up your drinks at World Cafe? Yes. And I'm training. And I'm telling this girl that who's training me that I'm, I want to be a writer. And she goes, oh, you know, Mark's a screenwriter. And I go, who's Mark? And she goes, that's Mark. And we, you were picking up your plates over here at the, you know. Where they, they put them yeah. out. So you're grabbing your plates. I go over. I'm like, hey, Mark. You're like, yeah. And you're like moving like super quick. So he doesn't know me. And you're you're a little standoffish when you don't know someone like that. Do you think? Me? Yeah. I think people think I'm standoffish just because maybe I don't smile. Yeah. You were very intense. And I go, uh, and the door's shut. And it's like one of those things you got to like push the the door out to open it, right? So he grabs his dishes and I go, hey, so I heard you're a writer. And he goes, yeah. Yeah, I'm a writer. And I go, really? Like, what do you write? And you're like, screenplays? And I go, really? That's a lie. I go, how many have you written? And he turns his body, puts his back at the door and looks at me and goes, I don't know, five? And then backs I out said five. Door, five. Backs out and then goes out to the patio. And I remember being like, God, who is this Sean Penn, beautiful, you look like David. You know what I mean? Back then, at least. I mean, Before my know. nose was broken. <laughs> In China. Um, and I remember being like, wow, that guy's doing it. And then I come to find out, he's no. never written one. No, no, never, no. never in his life. No. Hold on. There are many scenes written down. Um, I admire the writer. Yeah. First of all. What a fucking liar I was. I apologize. You, first of um, all, one of the best liars I know. Well, um, thank you. But I, if you ask me, like, dude, what would you love to do? Like, Be a liar? No. I would love to have a story from my brain. Sounds like an Adam Duritz line. Um, written as a screenplay. It's one of my goals. By I'm the getting- way, Adam Duritz, if you don't know, lead singer of Counting Crows. Have you ever met him? Yeah. Tell us where. At the Viper Room when I was out here one summer with my two buddies from childhood. And what'd you ask him? 
I asked him about Sullivan Street. <laughs> yep. He was he was like a guest bartender, and I walked. Yeah, and um, he was like, "It's about a girl." I forget what it was. Hold I on. asked celebrities question. You want to talk about Adrian Brody? <laughs> yes, we will, hundred percent. But this is if you don't know, this is how Coonsy, this is how Coonsy stands. Sometimes he gets his legs bumping like this. You might not be able to see me. He gets his legs bumping. Usually, used to be back in the day. He used to a be. cigarette. He'd take a cigarette. <laughs> So like let me tell you something. Adrian Brody. So, what I, I can picture you standing at the Viper and Bar being like, Yeah, Sullivan Street, what's that all about? And he's like, I don't know. I was living, this is what you told me. I don't know. I was living in San Francisco. There was this girl. Yeah. Um, well, how, what is it with you and celebrities? I don't like to talk to celebrities. If I see celebrities, you see them in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, no, I rarely approach them. On occasion. <laughs> I had a question, and it was bothering me with Adrian Brody. Mm-hmm. This was when the piano had just won Best Picture. No, he was about to get nominated. Okay. It was in the fall. He was about to. That's the great thing about it is soon after he was nominated and won for the piano. Yeah. There's a place. It wasn't Fred's. No, it was it was um, Swingers. It was Swingers, yes. The one in I'm Hollywood. sitting out there, as I would often do, just sit there and kind of watch and see what happens, and he sat at the table next to me and he did a movie back in the day called 10 Benny. Have you ever seen this movie? No. The only thing I know about this movie is what you've told me from this story. It, well, but it's first a, you didn't, you didn't leave with 10 Benny. It's a day. I thought you went up to him and you told him how great piano was and how like, here's how I recall. Then, I said, okay. okay. Yes. I wish I recalled every nuance and, and every line of it, but here's the essence of it. I, Normally, I do not approach celebrities. I respect people's privacy. I don't want to bother their lunch. I'm good like that. However, in this case, it was burning because it's an independent film, which I respect, in the 90s. But there's a plot point that just w- someone messed up. Someone was like, they hey, revealed. Wait, by the way, have you ever written a screenplay? No. Okay. Someone screwed but up. Someone screwed up. Someone messed up in the editing whether it was the director the editor the writer yeah and i wanted to know yeah because it's so he basically he it's a voiceover of uh answering machine message that he's left to a girl as it shows him driving you're like hold on a second why there's no way based on the plot that he would ever leave that message for her because she's not supposed to know where he's going and he tells her and that's the whole build-up so i very respectfully finished my lunch and i said Excuse me. I'm sure I started it with flattery. Yes. And said, I just want to tell you, I think you're a great actor. I think it was Thin Red Line okay. that I might have led with. And I said, but... The uh, thinking man's Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've still never seen it. It's tough to get through. Um, some of those movies are... I like Terrence Malick, but that's... Anyway, um, as my friend once described Tree of Life, as we got out, he said, that was the greatest student film I've ever seen. What's Tree of Life? With Brad Pitt and nonetheless. Um, So I said to him, I said, you know, after I, you know, was full of flattery, I said, may I ask you a question about a movie you did? He's like, sure, what movie? I go, 10 Benny. He's like, absolutely. He stood up and I go, you know, I watched that movie with my friends. I remember the night we rented it. I go, what the hell happened with that movie? And and I think I was a bit abrupt. And he's like, what do you mean? I I go, there was... A bit. I go, there was this plot, and at the time, I remembered it very vividly, and he goes, dude, I don't know what to tell you. He goes, you ever made an independent movie? And I was like, no. He's like, uh, he's like, 
you know, we had $250,000. And that's all I have to say about that. And I was like, I didn't mean to offend you. He's like, I'm just going to go finish my lunch. And I was like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy's eating and you're like, dude, what were you doing with 10 Benny? I wanted an answer. Do you remember another time you saw Adrian Brody? Because I do. Was I just messing with you or did we really see him? At Westminster. Yes, we're sitting at Westminster. He used to have this little front porch that was covered and there was like a little bench and a gate and we'd be drinking beers and smoking cigarettes in the middle of the day. Rent controlled. you did in your 20s. And he's standing there shaking his legs, smoking a butt and he looks across the street and there's a bus stop over here and there's a park and this guy going by and he goes, Adrian! (laughs) And I'm like, I think it was. And then the guy waved back and then he turned and he goes, Adrian Brody. He's a buddy of mine. Rick Springfield. He's a buddy of mine. What's that? Boogie Nights. The scene where they go, uh, he goes, Rick Springfield. He's a good buddy of mine. It's great. Who's that? Uh, what's the scene face? where they, they're doing coke and he's like, we want the safe. I want to have money. And, oh, they're yeah, like, yeah. and he shoots them. And, yeah. Um. So, yeah, we met. So, when we met, that, that you were a little abrasive towards me with the whole thing. And then we didn't. Do you remember... I know, at least in my recollection, of when we started to like, where I was like, yeah, this is going to be my boy. Do you remember the night? Or my example of the night? No, but you're, was this the night you were dancing with a 16-year-old? At the uh, at the all, wedding? Slow it down. I never right. danced with that girl. Oh, two. All right, hold on. Let me back up. Yeah. I don't recall when I said, I like this guy, like a light went off. You're a likable guy. Thank you. Well, I for me... I think you have an attitude that I appreciate. You, although I disagree with some of your attitude, um, you have a distinct attitude, and I just connected with it. Yes. Well, I remember distinctly, we all went out drinking after work one night, and then we were like, hey, how can we keep this party going? And I was like, do you guys want to come over to my condemned house? And it was me, you, and Camille. Remember that girl Camille that used to work with us? Yes, I do. I mean, I'm going to take this moment right now. She got me hooked to... uh, what was it that medical treatment when you're sick you take the anyway grapefruit seed act yeah that was yeah yeah. um so i want to take this moment right now to say that marcus has a podcast and tell us what the podcast. i just want to tell him now we'll read poems later but tell him what it is now because because that chick used to write poetry all she did she wrote me many of them uh i have a podcast that is based on my high school poetry how many which, poems did you write in high school that you still have? Hundreds. And it came about my <laughs> amazing wife and her best friend have a podcast where they look at books from their childhood because they could remember when they read like, you know, a Judy Bloom book, how old they were. They were reading things that were inappropriate for them because they yeah. were very advanced. And now they look at it with a, you know, philo- almost philosophy, PhD and a PhD in gender studies. And they're just smart and clever. And they look back, they reread those books as adults and go over and they'll do Michael Crichton, they'll do Christopher Pike. Sure. One of the poem, one of the stories involved a girl whose journal was, private journal was stolen and revealed throughout the school and it reminded my wife of something that happened to me in eighth grade. Okay. Where I wrote Michelle a poem in my very distinct handwriting, cursive, put it in her locker, said, the last line I recall is, I've written my feelings with pride and with shame, you probably don't care so I won't sign my name, question mark, at lunch, where we sat, it was passed by, photocopied with my name on it, and it was plastered all over the school. I was oh. super embarrassed. As I told this, and then, you know, they go, do you have that poem? I go, I think I do. I went through boxes that my parents had sent me over the years, and I was like, oh my God, not only is there this poem, 
There's hundreds of poems poems. and journals and all this. And so they so enjoyed it. They said, let's, and we've read it over the years when you're drunk and going through some poetry. Let's read it. And it's so horrible. It's dated. So you could figure out where I was and what I was going through. You dated every poem? Most of them. I'd say three quarters of them. I don't know why. Well, I think I know why. I thought they'd be like part of my, you know, people would go back. And anyway, for whatever reason, I wanted to know. I thought my kids would look through them and ask questions and they're horrible some are hopelessly romantic some are psychotic sure. so that's the thing we read a poem each week and dissect it and then break it down it's called but, trapper keeper confessions great title trapper keeper confessions Conf- it's probably on itunes it's probably on twitter Stitcher. instagram where we put up the poem each week okay um, under trapper keeper confessions yes we'll we'll do a post on instagram with it in there and all that jazz it's wonderfully horrible i am the foil and I have to defend my poem. And some of them, I mean, they're just, they all, Well, we're going to read some rhyme. later, but I just, you, it's fun. when I brought up Camille, I remember that she, because this was a chick that we would work with, and like, while her section was dead, she would sit on the bench in the, that little, like, uh, window seat in the bar and, like, be doing poetry, remember? That's who this chick was. So, we're going to get back to Trapper Keeper Convention, but I just want to give that plug now, because some people tune out. So, the night that we bonded, in my eyes, was... She was there, and we were like, what should we do later? And I never hung with Camille, and I never hung with you. And I was like, yo, I got this. I live in this condemned house. We can all go hang there. And they were like, all right. And you were like, I got some weed. And she was like, I have some wine. And then so I went with her to her house to get some booze. You went to your house to get the weed. And then we're all going to meet the condemned house. And this is when I knew like this chick was like what I was getting into with you and this chick. I remember we were like walking to her apartment, and I go, there was just some door leaning up against a wall and I go whose door is that and she's like oh I found it in an alley I thought it was beautiful so I kept it and I was like oh okay that's who this chick is you know and you know we all went to my house and we hung out all night we never went to sleep I remember you standing in the doorway you smoking your butts and we were all hanging out and we went to Cafe Love that 50s house. at 6am now I remember Cafe yes yeah, so we never slept we drank and smoked all night went to Cafe 50s is that still around nope and we went there, and do you remember what you did? I played something in the jukebox? Well, of course. We had music going on the jukebox. All 50s music, it's Cafe 50s. I danced with someone. Yes, <laughs> you sure did. An old woman. You were like, get over here, darling. And you took her off her stool at the bar, and you danced with her at 6 o'clock in the morning in this Cafe 50s. And that's when I was like, yeah, this is my boy. There were many nights like that. I look back <clears throat> on my time in L.A., which I moved here in 2000 and left around 2006 mm-hmm. so fondly and you're part of that whole wonderful I mean I met my wife during this time I look back though I remember when you were in your first date with him when you guys came in during a day at World Cafe yeah I remember taking you to a comedy show in La Brea with her and we were like making out while you were setting up it was for you were opening for Tom Arnold really? remember that no and the woman was like, "What? Who is that couple?" And you were like, "That's how they always are." <laughs> um, and I'm I was like, "That's so- a dude rolling with friends to shows, and people are like, who are these guys?" Oh, like dude, that? I could go into some bringer rooms where you brought us one, and and I don't know why I ever sat in the front row, but I was there to support you. And some woman was cutting hair oh before you went on, and I was. If you're in the front row, you have to be supportive. I am a supportive guy. This, this, all right. This and story this is very you. Completely. I love it. And so I'm sitting there. I never would sit in the front row at a comedy show. It's just not my style. Do you remember how long in the comedy it was at this point? Oh, a couple months. I think I was, yeah, probably in that like 
four or five month range. Oh, totally. Right. Um, and so this woman cut someone's hair while she was doing, I think she invited someone from the audience. Yep. And then you came on afterwards. And then we saw you afterwards. I think you had a decent set. And you were like, Dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're like, you're clapping. It's a horrible set. And you were like, and you just sitting there like, so th that woman was horrible. What an awful way to, to walk in. And I was like, dude, what do you want? I'm, I'm, I'm here to support you. I was you. so mad that she was taking stand up and cutting hair as like a way to like increase her comedic thing. I hated it. And then he was laughing at it and afterwards like, you have, what the fuck were you? Because then I didn't have a good set and I blamed it all on you for <laughs> laughing at that lady. So I went to a ton of your shows man that's why i love watching your comedy evolve although you claim it, it it hasn't it has man it's it's um it's it's amazing to watch and I, i'm like privileged that i saw it at the um infinite stage infinite stage but what i talk about what, what i mean when i the time i was here i remember my parents coming out and going like we were watching the opening day of uh of baseball season and she came, and there were a bunch of people in my house. She goes, what are you guys doing? You're like 25. It's a weekday. <laughs> what are know. you doing? And I was like, Mom. And in hindsight, she was right. Yeah. But also, my idea of like coming out to Los Angeles and making a career of it was so just misguided. Like what you look at going, what, you don't just come out here because you have a, a, a fun personality and, you know. Well, you, yeah, you do. Yes, but it takes work. Of course. Dedication. It takes years yeah. to become someone who makes a life out of it. And I was extremely naive, yeah, but dude, extremely you, overconfident. In 2000, you'd already written five screenplays. I had so many. Um, <laughs> so many. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for the world no and i remember when my so mom came it. out the first time to visit i'd been living here already for so six awesome. years and she's like is this what you do all day you just stop by because like when your mom comes then like we would drive i would take her somewhere we would go to brunch then we go to a friend we went to your house we had sierra nevadas i recall this and she's like is this, this is such an amazing life you just have all these artistic friends you go and see and hang out i'm like no it's not every day but that was like you know when you wait tables and you pursue acting or stand-up, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and then you look for random places to live, like a condemned house for me and you house-sitting a house in the Hollywood Hills. What an opportunity. Which I went with no an TV. House. No TV. With the idea that I'm like, dude, you're finally going to buckle down. You've been fucking around here. You're now in the hills. You're isolated. No TV. You made you it gonna to the hills. You were going to sit and write. Yeah. Oh, man. The neighbor was the screenwriter who had, I think, Jodie Foster's mom lived on there. It was near the Greek theater. The neighbor had like a little writing room yeah, off of it. And I was like, this is where, this is where I'm going to sit. But I got so antsy. And so then, of course. you're living in a house that's empty. Except you had a bedroom and then you took like the den and you turned that into your living room. Yes. Someone we know who had this lovely house, which was near the Greek theater, near the 101. The property was this old 1920s Spanish style house. Yes. <clears throat> Levels. Levels. Lovely. Like old Spanish tile built in the 20s. You would love it, right? I'm, you loved it. I loved that house. The problem was the property went up and back so much you couldn't see it. And homeless people would come from the 101 where the cross is. Well, because the back of the yard abutted land that was down to the highway. Yes. And so people would come up and, I mean, you had a great view of the Greek theater. Yeah. But they, the homeless people apparently, what's that? The Ford Theater. Oh, I Greek thought it was, was the Greek. Street. If you took the trail that way, that was the, looking down the Ford Theater. Look at you knowing your geography, Jay Lass. Boom. 
I'm never good at geography. Nonetheless, they were worried because he was traveling a lot working and she was a new mom. Right. That they would find like beer cans and on feces the property, on the property. Be, yeah. And she was worried. Like there were trails and, and benches and... It was tiered. If you go up, there were these trails, and then there was a koi pond up the top. Remember? Yes, koi ponds at the bottom. Like a bench. There was a por- like a, a patio with that steps that went up. But no, there there was a a outdoor porch that or sitting area that was as high as the roof. That's how steep it was. Yeah. So pool down here off that little living room. That oh, you it was had. French doors that went. So they asked me, "Look, we're doing construction. We moved out of there. We're looking to sell it, but we're fixing it up." There's problems with it. We don't feel comfortable having my wife there alone. Would you do us a favor? We're looking for a place. We'll charge you minimal rent. And I know exactly stay there. Do you remember? Six hundred bucks. I thought it was five, but six. Okay. Whatever it was. Um, you could tell I was. It was dial-up internet. You mm-hmm. know, they charged me for the phone. Uh, they were great hosts. Um, now we would. You had this huge living room that had like a concave ceiling like that, or like a rounded ceiling. Chef's kitchen. Chef's ki- first of all, chef's kitchen. When we say that, <clears throat> two two sinks, a prep sink, and then a regular sink, and it was a granite sink. It was gorgeous. It was, it was gorgeous, and they had taken out a lot of their furniture, so it was minimal. I had didn't have much furniture. You put it all in that one room. I put it all in the one room, which is off the kitchen, which was open the French doors to this lovely like pool where the koi fish were as well. How plants. often do you swimming in that pool? Every day. Every single day. Loved it. We had a huge dinner over there. We had a table. We all sat around the table. Remember there was that one girl who was a waitress at O'Brien's? So when we worked at this restaurant, there were all the other bars in Santa Monica that we everyone was just friends with each other. Yeah. And this girl came over and would paint topless at the pool. God, I wish I remember that. I thought that you had told me no, that. No, I remember. No. Oh, okay. Did you see it? No, I never saw no, it. No, I remember pushing my buddy Josh in the pool. He was biking around the pool, and I was like, I can't resist his phone got thing. Um, nonetheless, it was a dangerous house because not only did I never feel comfortable because the people would come over, the construction people, the owners, and they Real wouldn't estate. come. Yeah, they wouldn't come unannounced. But I never, I felt it always had to be clean. So I was never, I wouldn't leave without the place being immaculate, and that's difficult to live in. Yeah, you know, course. where you want to settle in. If I had the French doors open to the pool at night with this lovely breeze coming in and the lights in the pool. I had like a knife under the couch because I didn't know who was coming in from there. It's a bit paranoid. Have you ever, do you have any knife training at all? <clears throat> no, I've been in some fights unlike you. That's true. That is 100% true. But I know Secret that- dreams. Sometimes I just want to be like, dude, I'll end this thing right now and just punch you in the face and be like, now nah, you know what it's like to be punched. Well, it does, I don't need to know. You just don't make me angry. No, everyone's like, it's a rite of passage. Every dude needs to be punched. Shut up. I agree. You're a lover, not a fighter, Jim. Get out of here. I yeah. agree. Um, so nonetheless, I'm in this house. I'm going to the World Cafe. I'm going back and forth, and it was a dangerous house. There were walkways or you know steps walkways. that friends would come over and they're like, "Dude, there's like no railings here." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah." And there were all these doors that were old French yeah, bubble glass doors. that you would have to latch, unlatch from the bottom and the top if you pulled it. They were all over the house. Remember? Yeah. yeah. And they said to me, "They're like, dude, don't worry. If, you know, you might remember to unlatch them." And then if you left the house and put on the alarm, you often had to go searching like which one is kind of open. Yeah. So I had people over <clears throat> all the time. It was awesome. Um, it was lovely. That house was awesome. So I I thought I had this idea of like no TV, but I had to watch my sports center. Mm-hmm. So I went to, what's that great? We had a raspberry birds. salad, birds. 
I went you to go to Birds. I know exactly Birds. where it is. It's right next to UCB. And uh, across from the Scientology Center, yeah, yeah. It's a and I would have my Chris Johnson used to wait my raspberry vinaigrette salad it was delicious. Yeah. And I sat at the bar one night, and these two girls walked in. I mean, I knew they were there because I was actually at the other bar, and I saw them walk by, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go cool. in and watch Sports Center." So I sat there. We started chatting. One had a pink boa. Um, they were young, but so was I. And we started chatting. <laughs> That's a lie. We, they were young, but so was I. So we started doing shots. Whose uh, idea was the shots? Oh, mine. I'm sure I said, I'm like, would you guys like a drink? And they were like, yeah, whatever they ordered. And I and was like, like, well, they have a great wine selection and great cocktails. They also have shots. Do you want to just do yeah, shots? Yeah, kamikaze? What? Um, Woo woos. So nonetheless, when the bar closed, 1250, you know? Uh huh. It was like last call, and they're. I'm like, where to next, ladies? No, they, they go, where to next? And I go, do you want to go swimming in my house? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, let's go. Okay, hold on. When when you said my house, did you ever give the impression that it was your house? I said my house. Right. And what did you tell them that you did for work? I told them I was a screenwriter. <laughs> sure you always have been i have been always will they're like really how many have you written you're like i don't know five storyteller yes so we go back to the house Um, just again amazing house in a cul-de-sac and just awesome and the owners of the house had left a message earlier saying hey we might come on an answering machine we may be coming by in the morning as they often did but they never came unannounced so we go into the pool the three of you three of us but they did they have bathing suits no okay topless with the wet boa on it was it was awesome and and there was there was wine i was drinking coronas and they said they're like uh there's not much furniture here and i'm like yeah kind of like the minimal you know kind of lifestyle never, i've never thought of this till right now because I was thinking this the other day. One time, this kid, Tim Anderson, when we were in middle school, said, do you want to come away for a weekend with me and my mom and my other friend Chris is coming and my mom's boyfriend to this house in Beverly? And I was like, sure. Beverly and Mass. Beverly Mass. And this huge, huge mansion. And there was no furniture except in like three rooms in that house. And I always thought it was weird. I'm like, is this house for sale? Whose house is it? Blah, blah, blah. And I never realized it's an odd thing. And that was the situation you were in. Well, what was it? I never, I don't know. Yeah. We, the three of us stayed up in one room way up where we just all slept on the floor in sleeping bags. And then there was like a living room that had a pool table and stuff and that had some furniture. But other than that, like we never really, his mom and boyfriend stayed in some room and we all just kind of hung out and like made like phone calls on like, you know, those talk lines. That's all we did all night. And then we go out in a boat and talk like lines. I know talk lines. Yeah. I stayed in a house in Nantucket for a summer that had no furniture. At all. Now, granted, our friend's dad had bought the house. Yeah. He was like, stay in there and charge his rent. Super good guy. And we didn't have furniture for like a month. Not even beds. Right. But I'm saying, so these girls. These girls came and they're like, oh, you live here? And I was like, yes, this is where I live. I remember saying that. Like, this is where my life. They didn't ask, like, oh, what, what was your down payment? Yeah. What's your mortgage rate? Yeah. So we started it swimming. I remember watching it and going like, this is awesome. Watching what them swimming? Them in the pool because it was cold water. It was like fall. No, it was it was chilly. Yeah, as it is in the hills. And I remember going like, dude, you got to get in there. I had my sixty six CD changer, my 
box stereo, yeah. whatever, trying to create the vibe. And we're swimming, laughing, drinking, smooching. The three of you were kissing. Yeah. Okay. This is to be an epic night mm -hmm. that I just wandered into. Very excited. Yes. You know? One of them gets up and I go like the powder rooms right over the bathrooms right over their little powder room. And she walked through the kitchen from our little, my little hangout where my couch was through the kitchen. And I was like, oh, where are you going? And I found her in the main living room, dining room area. But there's nothing really, no furniture there, so you couldn't distinguish. And she's pulling at one of these glass doors Is she still with talking? panels. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. She, she had on these little panties mm -hmm. that had uh, the seven dwarfs. Oh, my God. It was awesome. <laughs> that's, I don't know if that's awesome. It was awesome. So she was beautiful. She was young. She was, she's pulling at the door, and I go, sweetheart. In order to open the doors. Remember, I'd had this problem with everyone. Yeah. Don't crack it. I go, you got to undo the bottom. I go, where are you going? She's like, oh, I'm just going to look outside. She was more than tipsy. Uh -huh. And I go, don't wander off too far because there's the koi pond. Yeah. This is the back of the house and there's steps. So I go, I'll be right back. Went right back. Her friend had gotten out of the pool and she distracted me. Mm -hmm. And we're on that tan couch remember that tan couch? yes i remember it and i know guns and roses was playing that's a little thing that was just memory there just blazing in my brain i think we were looking at probably um use your illusion one okay. anyway that's lies from page from yeah. Gina. great album. so you're making out and i go oh my god where's your friend she the i'm making out with the blonde i go where's your friend and i don't even know their names and I go wandering, and I look, and she's come down the steps, her forehead. She's standing right by the door. She's just covered in blood. <laughs> covered in blood. Like, all down her. The white panties. Yeah. Bloody. And I go, oh, oh my God. And I, I don't... I First of all, there's a number of things going through your head. One, I, the, the fact that this isn't your house, and that you're overlooking the house, and this has been an issue. Two, did she get stabbed by a crazy person? That wasn't there? a thought. Okay. Three, where is my threesome going? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a big it's, issue. It's, there's a lot going on. Mostly, I was like, I'm dead. Like, yeah. this is not my house. Yeah. What happened? Oh, my God. But in the reaction, you're like, oh, come in. And I put her, grabbed her, and guided her to the tan couch. Then I remember... Turn, pushing the button to turn off the stereo. Uh -huh. Then I grabbed her friend who was back in the pool, and I go, oh, "Come, come with me." Your friend got hurt. We went up the staircase. Now there was this beautiful staircase that yes. would go up, and then had like the balcony that like yes. looked down. Now there were two bedrooms. Only two one. What? Yeah. Well, as I there was recall. three, but I remember the one that had the two French doors on either side that went up to its own patio. Yes, there was. Yes. The two bedrooms that I recall, one was the master bedroom, yes. which had an attached bathroom, which I used because it was a great shower. Yeah. Now, they still had their sheets on it. You know how I understand that? Because I've house sat before, and I'd stay in one bedroom that had a bathroom, but I would use the other bathroom because it had yeah, a great shower. Yeah. I slept in the study with these built-in bookshelves. It was beautiful. With my bed, which had like just some crappy frame on rollers. Yeah. What I didn't like about the bathroom up there that I was to use was that it had an old claw tub and a handle that you had to pick up if oh, you yeah. wanted to shower. And I was like, no, 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 no. Right. 
right? Yeah. yeah. So, what am I working here? On occasion, I'd sleep in that bed, but most of the time, I was just in my bed. Again, I was scared that you know to. I was not living there really. I yeah. just never felt like at home. So I brought her into their shower, master bedroom shower, and I said, I'm like, get your friend, like, wash her off. And this is in the clawfoot tub? No, this is in the master bedroom okay. shower. And I go, I, I just take care of your friend. She's like, okay. And she's freaking out too. Her friend was very calm. Like the girl got cut. She was. Yeah, she but was she drunk. knew what was going on. Yes, yeah, she didn't know what was going on. So she's probably a little more drunk than I realized. I go downstairs, I'm like, what the hell happened? I see glass on the ground. I look outside, there's just blood trails. And I, I, I was like, oh, oh my God. I go to outside the pool. I, I shut the French doors because I don't, I didn't react well, well you also, to this. Yeah. I looked at the scene, I was like, that couch is done. Just blood all over it because she laid on it. And I go upstairs, and I just remember there's so much blood coming out of her forehead. You know, she's drinking, so it yeah. flows more. And I just remember seeing, like, pink water coming down on the ground. Like, light pink water, you know? Yeah. And her friend's like, get out, get out! And I was like, okay. So I went and tried to clean up a little bit, knowing they're coming at some point in the morning. And I go up. She has put some Band-Aids that I had put out on her forehead, and she's laying in, in their bed. The people whose house you're sitting yes, in. Yes. Very nice bed. Yeah. And I was like, she's out. And I go, checked her, you know, asked her some questions. But I was like, should I move her to my bed? Because she's got these bandages on. And I was like, no, nah, she'll be okay. So checked her. I made her drink some water, you know. Mm -hmm. She wasn't saying much, but she was answering the questions. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. So we go back downstairs. You and the other girl. You and the other girl, the blonde. And we're... She's like, what? Why are you cleaning up so much? And I was like, ah, I didn't want to tell her. This is not my house. Yeah. And they're coming anymore. I was like, I'm a bit like OCD, you know, so I have to do this. She's like, okay. And immediately we just start going at it. She had no concern for her friend either, by the way. Yeah. Well, guess what? I mean, at some point when you're in your 20s and something happens and someone's like, I'm fine. You're like, oh, okay. We don't know the ramifications like we do when we're adults and we sure. have kids. So I, you just... I should add, I really... I considered calling, taking her to a hospital. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, you know, heartless. I really did. I assessed the situation. I'm like, she'll be okay. So we do our thing. We end up in my room with the bed and the rollers. And it was awesome. I remember taking uh, her wine and putting it on the bookshelf. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, the bed knocked into that. And the wine fell too. Yeah, on the bed. No, on the pillows that were on the ground. Okay. So there's one little deal. I was like, oh, man, that's another thing. Okay, like, so all this is happening in a house that you're pretty much looking after. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I know the next morning I wake up. It must have been like 530 in the morning. It was like lights coming in. I go, I don't. I got to find out what happened. So I go outside and I look up these like 30 steps with no railing. Very wide steps, and I immediately see, like, there's there's blood on them, coagulated, you know? Yeah. There's blood. There was ivy coming down the sides, left and right. There's blood, blood everywhere. everywhere, dude. Blood on the floor, blood on the streets of Chicago. I mean, and, dude, the bottom line is you can't – if when there's blood, there's going to be blood. There's going to be blood on brick. No bueno. No. So I, I just remember getting, like, uh, 
sponges and yeah. spray whatever I had and I'm there in my boxer shorts and I look up at my bedroom there was that little balcony and the bed had moved over there and I just see this blonde haired girl just lying there and I was like it's awesome but then I'm like I'm dead so I, and you're just frantically cleaning frantically cleaning trying to get them out not knowing they're going to come over in a couple hours Oh, yeah. And I have to explain what happened, and I'm trying to figure out what happened. And the best I could figure out is she had stumbled down the stairs with no railing and walked in and either fallen, like stumbled over, and then in her state walked into the door with her head and broke like a couple panels of the glass. Yeah. So I get them out of there. I clean up the best I can. I, I, I flip the cushions. Now, do you remember when you told me this story? Apparently, I told you because the next day I promised to drive you to the airport because I'm a man of my word. Yeah. You came and picked me up from the airport. And you're like, so listen, this is what's going on. And you start telling me this story. And I was like, what the what? Like this whole story. Slow down, man. Yeah, it was crazy. You were telling me this whole story. And what you told me was the next morning you're up and you're cleaning frantically because you're finding more blood and more blood and There's more blood. blood. Why I mentioned the stereo is because what I remember, one of the first things I cleaned was my fingerprint in blood <laughs> on the power button. Yeah. I remember like, that as clear as day. I was like, oh, my God, that's jail. a lot of blood, right? Yeah. And a yeah, fingerprint right there. That's yeah. where you go to jail. But, oh, you know, we ha- we got your fingerprint off of here. You did? But what you said to me was, you're cleaning up, and then she comes downstairs, and she's like, what are you doing? Why are you cleaning? And you're like, yeah. this isn't my house. <laughs> this isn't my house. <laughs> and she's like, what? And you're like, you guys got to go. You got to go. Gotta go. And I gave her my number. I was like, you call me out, which is a mistake. Um, I think I got their num- information. Why, would you, why is it, first of all, yeah, she's never Because I'm not you. a good criminal. Oh, yeah. Now okay. she's got your number. Oh, yeah, good point. But either way, nothing ever happened. They didn't sue you. or the, No, you know. but that was the fear. So to get through this, I ended up calling the brother of the wife, our mutual friend. Of whose and I was like, living Yeah, in. and I go, dude, I got to tell you something. What happened? And he goes... He's laughing. He's like, don't tell my sister. She'll freak out. Don't say, don't cover it up. Do not tell them whatever you do. Just make, up make it work. And you're like, dude, that's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said when uh, he came over, he's like, what, ha- what happened here? He's a super nice guy. And I was like, oh, uh, my buddy Mike was here. And he was opening the door and his kind of elbow went into it, whatever he said. He's like, is he all right? I go, he's fine. I go, I'm going to fix the glass, all this. It was actually her, excuse me. It was her who came over. And, but what I had done was the sheets, Bella Note sheets, her bandages had come off, blood all over the bed. Yeah. So I took the sheets off and I go, this is going to look weird. I took my sheets off. And she goes, what are the sheets? I go, oh, you know what? I just took, I was taking mine to the dry cleaners, figure I'd take yours. They were in the back of my car. Like, yeah, I dry clean my sheets. I do. <laughs> That's how I'm rolling. I, I can don't... only afford 600 a month, but I dry clean my sheets. Yes, classy. So I was taking care of this stuff. I called someone to fix the bubble glass. And they bought it. They were like, okay, he just broke the glass. No big deal. Yes, but as I'm cleaning this house, I'm realizing this is an old house. There's like red specks places. They had the walls in front of the house that had like they would put broken glass in to stop mm-hmm. people from coming. There were people working up there. I would say, like, where did that... She couldn't possibly reach there. I can't. Why is there blood there? I'm cleaning everything. I got goop, which is how you get, like, stuff off a brick. 
I'm scrubbing with brushes. I'm going around. This is really not big on the internet. I'm going around calling people Bellinote sheets. They're made in San Francisco. All this olive green. Like $250 sheets. I had to get, get them. I took them to the one cleaner. Well, hold on a second. So didn't... So do you, when at what point did they discover even more blood? When the the jig was up. Well, so then they called you and they said, "Hey, man." Here's what happened. I left the World Cafe, mm-hmm. and I had two messages like midnight. One was from our friend, the brother, who said, "Dude, they found blood in the house. <laughs> they like, no shit. They blood everywhere. They think you're lying because you don't want to scare them." And they think it, you know, your arm went through it. So and what, you're like, yeah, dummy, you're the one who told me to lie. Yeah. He goes, whatever arm you said, and he's laughing. He goes, you better cut it, baby. He's like, you better cut your arm to to perpetuate this lie. The next one was from the owner's husband, who was like, hey man, um, we were at the house, we found like blood on the on the doorway. What happened there, you bleeder? Call us. So we because went. Basically, he's saying like you, we were concerned. There's blood everywhere. These are nice people. They were like, Dude, "What's going on?" They knew it was a dangerous house. Other things had happened to them. They were like, "They were." It was just pure concern. So I went to my buddy Swanee's house and, and Josh, and I brought a six pack. And I was like, "Guys," they were like, "What's up?" And I go, "I I think you might have to cut my elbow a little bit." And they were like, "Mike was like, yeah, all right, you idiot." Let's perpetuate this life. He's like, let's go to this house right now. He'd been there. He's like, let's go see it. He's like, dude, this is an old house. He's like my consigliere, I realized yeah. in life. He's like, dude, it's He's an old house. Such a calm dude anyway. People bleed. You made it seem like it was OJ. I'm like, dude, at a certain point, it was blood everywhere, dude. I did a great job cleaning. He's like, dude, this is nothing. He's like, don't worry about it. Do not tell them. So we went to the farmer's market on Melrose. Love the walk in the farmer's market on Melrose. Is that still there? Get some Gerber daisies, right? No, yeah, but not the one in Santa Monica, which is its own world. Yes. We're there with a bunch of people, and they call. And my buddy Josh was with me. He's like, tell the truth. Set yourself free. And I was like, yeah. So he's there talking to the husband. He's relaying to her. He's like, so do what happened. And I go, all right, I'm going to tell you. I met these two girls. They came back. They were birds. (laughs) So it happened. He goes, he's telling her like it's a joke. Like, oh, this is a Kunzi story. Yeah. And he's like, seriously, what happened? I go, that's that's what happened. And he's like, Are you? and she starts crying. Okay. He's like, we're gonna, I have to call you back. She calls me back a little while later. I remember everyone had left and I'm just feeling so despondent because I had this great thing. And I'm walking around and I'm like, they're going to kick me out. And she's like, I'm so sorry. You you have to. We. It's in a trust. Like it's it's. We can get sued. We just can't risk it. The house is too dangerous. She was so sweet because she was like, it's not you. It's it's not you. It's, it's me. the house. So I ended up, I mean, with the Bellinote sheets. Too. Yeah. Make it worse. Just to end this long story. I went to go settle up with some bills I had. Cable, internet, you know. And they could walk. People would park at their house. They would go there to walk to the Greek theater or the fort, yeah. whatever one. And I didn't want to. I saw their cars there. I was just going to leave it in the mailbox. But I'm sitting like five houses down, and I'm writing them this letter of how sorry I am. In my car with the light on. It's pitch black, and there's no street lights. And they are walking by, and they knock. Like, what are you doing here? I'm like, hey, this, this, is, for, this is for you. And they're like, why didn't you come to the house? And I was like, because I didn't want to bother you. I just look so guilty. Yeah, of course. Then one time I went to the house, and the, and the husband was there, and he had a, his friend there who's an actor we both love. And he was like, hey. And and I was like, hey. And he's like, 
are you OJ? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, dude, where are the bodies? What happened here? And as he's walking around, I'm taking him through what happened. And one of the potted plants is one of those like chicken cutlet like stuffings of a bra, uh-huh. you know, the rubber. And he pulls one out of the potted plant. And I remember he's across the pool, and I'm near the French doors, and he goes, what happened in my house, dude? And I go, I, t- I told you. Like, I'm telling you. Um, they're very sweet. And, um, yeah. I, and then you went, I replaced everything. So, But how long did you end up living there total? I think I was there for four months. Really? You think it was longer? I thought it was less. Yeah. But still, Three or four a, months. That's a good run. It was an awesome house. It was a great night. Could I have mean, been even better. The, the, I mean, how long after did they sell that house? I don't know. They gave me a percentage. No, I've no, no, I have no I'm idea. Saying, like, you know, if they didn't sell it for another 10 months, you could have probably lived there for a year and a half. Oh, honestly, I think I could have lived there for, yeah. I, I could have lived there for at least maybe six to months to a year. It was yeah. a great setup, dude. It's a great house. It's a great house. One of many blown opportunities, Jay Lawson. I remember, I want to tell this quick story about me and, me and you. So we're working a bar mitzvah at this restaurant that we worked at. And when we would do these private parties at this place, at, at the time, our restaurant was like the hottest restaurant in San Monica. Dude, like, I loved every moment of it. Uh, me too. We thought we were superstars. You know what I mean? If you go to a restaurant that's popular and like the waiters are cool, but they just, they know you're there because the place is hot. That's who we all were. Or, hold on, take it easy. You don't think so? No, it wasn't like Koi at the time. It was a beach restaurant where everyone was super cool. You can get away with a lot of stuff. Right. It, was it was good money. Non-stop. It was packed. That's what yeah. I mean. People were showing up there. Everyone was having a good time. Our manager would let us drink. Everyone was hanging out and smooching on the side. It was awesome. Yes. During private parties, we would drink a lot. Yes, we would. So I when remember, I had that, when I had tolerance, oh, dude, did I have yeah. tolerance? I remember from that Bronca. He goes. Meet me in the buster station. We're going to have Cosmos. And I go, okay. So we would get two Cosmos on the rocks, and then we'd pound them. Remember? We would pound them. Yes. Do you remember doing Whippets back there, too? I sure do. You're the one who got me into it. And you're like, take this Oh, I, oh I influenced you. You know, take this Whippet and walk to the front door and see how you feel. Yeah. Can, can I jump to a great Jay Larson story? Of course. So we're jumping from California to New York City. Okay. And you lived on the Upper East West Side, mm-hmm. and Upper then you side. moved to Park Slope yeah, and right down the street from me, and I was so psyched. So that's right? why we moved there because of you. Loved it. You were living on this restaurant. You managed to, wherever you go, not only land like jobs, you landed jobs at like these amazing bars and stuff, but even your apartment. I was like, dude, this is amazing. Cool apartment out there, yeah. Had this great apartment, uh, a big window that opened up to this rooftop. Yeah, we had a fireplace. This is the time you're making like fountains and stuff, and you had this grand vision, which you did, to make like a pitching area with fountains and streams. It's dope. And we had a pickup truck, yes, 1999 Ford Ranger, mm-hmm. pick up those antiques, Green. baby. Yep. And you said to me, like, dude, because you need the truck, right? Well, you needed, in order to make that thing, you couldn't just go on, you, it was tar, the roof, so you had to put wood pallets down. Yeah, a lot. A lot. And so you have to, like, I had to go on Craigslist and see who was, like, I wasn't going to build Craigslist, it. Craigslist, no. Not the wood pallets you see, like, in shipping. Like, these were made to be a deck. Yes, and, and you I found them. I found a condo association not far from us that was selling their roof pallets because they had a roof deck and they were, like, getting new ones. And I made a deal with them. They were going to give me 20 and I, I can't remember what I was paying per pallet, but I was getting 20 of them. 
and you were going to help me. Was the elevator out, but whatever it was, we had to take the steps. We had to take the steps. And, and, and they were very they heavy. Were, but there were many steps, and they were super heavy. It had rained, so they were even heavier. Yes, they are probably 100 pounds each, easy, and yeah. awkward, and big. They were probably 4 by 4 or 3 by 3 Four they, by four. Probably. They were awkward. They and were we were helping each other. Then we're trying to take them on because we knew it was taking a lot of time. We filled up. I left, I believe, to go drop them off. What happened was we got the first 10 in. Yes. We had another 10 to go. That's how big they were in yes. the back of a pickup. And I said to Kunzi, take these, unload them on the sidewalk, have the girls come down and sit like they can just. We had a great sidewalk. We had a sidewalk sale there once. You could sit out there. They could hang out. Have a drink if they want and just watch the pallets. And while you're gone, watch the pallets. I'll be getting – I could probably get five down on my own before oh, he got back. But here's the beauty. And then we would do the rest. I come back. It took a while to unload them and whatever. I come yeah. back. You are rolling them down the stairs on a Sunday morning, by the way, or Saturday morning. And you're like, like people – I remember open the door and you're so pissed. Well, yeah, because – And you were like, what? What? People were what? Why did you help? I think you were like, "Why?" Well, I loved angry, frustrated Jay Larson. You're like, oh, yeah. "Why?" Don't, saying to people like, "You yeah, go back in your place, okay?" Because this is happening. We got ten more. So, and I was like, "Dude, what's? You got to just calm down here, right?" So we get fill up the car a second time. Yes, but I didn't get the whole twenty. No? I was supposed to get twenty, and then I said to the woman who's in charge of the condo association, "I go first of all, these are not in the shape that I thought they would be." They were not in great shape. They were they were waterlogged. No one was helping me. There was no elevator. No one was helping you. Well, I mean, I'm getting them out of her place. They're waterlogged. So you're kind of doing them a favor. Well, they had to get rid of them. You can't uh, just. It's not like it's not like L. A. where people just dump stuff in a in an alley. They used no, to. They, before Craigslist in New York City, people would drop like mid-century furniture on the uh, side. Right. Like, well, oh that's what God. you're gonna do. What are you gonna do with all those pallets? I was just taking some of their pallets. They there had the whole tons. roof. Yes. And, you were uh, frustrated. I and was I, very frustrated. I, I was loving every minute of it. Yeah. But I was also, I was helping you out. Well, when the woman, when you were gone, the woman was like, I, you know, these people, I go, you know what? Here's the deal. <laughs> my favorite. I'm taking 17. That's what I'm taking. So those other three. We're taking want, the Amwa. I want my money back. I, I said, I want money back for those three. And I go, that other one was, this one was damaged. And the woman was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, this is a lot of work here. <laughs> Even your piss now. So annoying. So we get them back to your house. Then we have to take them up. I think well, you're on can the I first. Just explain something to you, please. I just don't like when people don't get it. If you don't get it, you don't see things rationally. If you say, "Yeah, wood pallets for sale at this price, great condition," you don't mention the water log, you don't mention no elevator, you don't mention any of these things, and then people show up, and then you have to adapt to what these people hid from you so that they could sell the thing. The way I look at it, get it. How about you I, figure it out? And then if you look at it and be like, you know what? You're right. They're waterlogged. There's all these steps. I'll take some money off the price. Okay, do, do that. Do you, you think that warrants price? you rolling them down the steps on the side? It's the only way you get them do down. It. I'm on your side of this. So we go back to your place and we have to bring them up. The job's not over. No. Because we got to bring them up. I think you were one flight up. One flight up and then through the apartment. Through the thing. I do remember they were so heavy and we were so exhausted. Yeah. That we took a break with one of them at the door to the the roof deck. We like stopped there, and that's where we I took a break. Had a cigarette. So we get them out there, and I don't even think we arranged them. No, we were just putting just them out. Just put them out. We, what we did do was I put we put six together to make the patio to see because what it was going to be is like this is going to be the patio, and then I was going to do a 
a trail this way and a trail that way. Garden in the middle, putting green <sighs> over here, pitching area. Huge brick wall to show movies on. Yeah. And the guy upstairs who had the, like a little like uh, you know deck or porch, whatever emergency. I just remember when we would go there and look at movies. Yeah. We watched it a couple times and you were gone. Yeah. You, and we would watch it and I'm like, this guy must will hate you because this is such an amazing setup and he just has to look at it. <laughs> he doesn't get to participate. So we get to the, when we're taking the pallets out, we're sitting in the doorway and I go, hey man, I really appreciate you helping me today. The money that I saved because I didn't pay for the pallets and she knocked some money off because it was a horrible situation. I want you to have it. Remember? Standing in that doorway. I just recall getting lunch first. We went and got lunch. No, this happened before okay. lunch. And and I and you go, are you fucking kidding me? Don't you insult me like that. I'm a friend doing you a favor. And you put gave me the money back and you marched out with that wood pallet. And I was like, oh, geez. So I held on to the money. We got the rest of the wood pallets. We set up a six pallet patio, put a table, table and chair, and on chair out there. Then you, no, you and Kate... Yeah, you and Kate got went and got lunch, and it was just Kristen and me waiting for you guys, and I took the money, and I gave it to Kristen. I said, hey, listen, I tried to give this money to Marcus. He wouldn't take it. I want. It's my way of saying thank you. This was a big... This was a big ask. I didn't think it was going to be that big. I wanted him to have some money. <laughs> Neither did I. I go, he doesn't want to take the money, so do me a favor and just go out to dinner some night, and don't tell him, and just use this money for the dinner. And was she like... She said, okay. Okay. And then we all ate lunch. We all ate lunch. Had a great sandwiches. It was lovely. It was, it was lovely. Um, and then we're walking back. And she goes, listen, just want to let you know. Jay was very insistent that he wanted to give you some money, like, for the work. And I, I go, What? I overreact to things. This is oh, the whole point of this. I came He's, back. I could just I picture knocked you on the door. Kunzi walks, leaned out like this. Walked. No, you buzzed in. I go, what's up? And this is the way open it worked. The door. When you open the door to my apartment, you'd look right this way, and that was down the stairs. So I buzz him in. I open the door. I go, what's up? What'd you forget? And he comes storming up the stairs. Dude, he's like, you fucking insult me. I told you not to give that money. You try to give it to my. You try to give it to my, girl. my girlfriend. That's what you try and do. And you come up, you threw the money in the apartment, and then you storm back down the stairs. And then I, do you remember what I said? I think you must have said, understandably, go fuck yourself. I go, fuck you, you piece of shit. Yeah. You can't like thinking. Oh, it's messing hilarious. with me? Yes. yes. Being like, no, not messing with you. Being like, shut the fuck up, you little bitch. I'm just like, and Kate's like, Jay, what are you doing? I'm like, this kid won't take the money. Yeah, the the point of that story is um, one. I just thought it was so. I look back and I'm like, you. I overreacted so much, because I value your friendship, and with my friends, it's not it, it it's not about the money. It's about helping them out, right? For sure. But there was no reason to get so angry. Like I ruined no any reason. moment no of it. Reason. <laughs> what is that from? That's from the Big oh, Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Oh man. Yeah. Do you recall I gave you this awesome thing from the Big Lebowski? It was like. Yeah, Rubik's, Rubik's Cube. Cube. Yeah. Dude, that's like a collector's item, dude. Yeah, I know. I sold it at a yard sale. Got 38 bucks for it. Well, that's impressive. How are we doing on time, Jack? We're great we... on time. Um, so what we were talking about was being at that bar mitzvah. Oh, sorry. So I'm walking around. So at the bar mitzvah. So we do the two Cosmos. We chug them. We pound them in the We pound them in the, in the busser station. And as soon as we do, I look at them. I go, I got two margaritas waiting for us already over <laughs> at the salad station. So we go over there, and we're sipping our margies. Then I'm, Ma I'm sorry. Did you just say Margies? Margies. 
no one, not in your life have you ever called them Margies. Margaritas? Yes. 100%. You want to grab Margies? Margie? Yeah. Go on with your story. All <laughs> First right. of all, Jesus we all Christ. love Margies. I like to too. So go we go back, and you'd have to pass that little station to go get, to drop the dishes and stuff. And there was only three of us working. It was me, you, and Vanessa, and then our manager, Mark. And we'd walk around with hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that. So while I'm, while I'm walking around with hors d'oeuvres, I go to this younger girl. I would say she's probably 17. Yeah. And she's with her parents and her younger brother. And I go, uh, tiger shrimp. And it was shrimp wrapped in pinchetta. Mm. Okay, which is very nice. Kurt. Which was lovely. And I go, uh, and then the mother goes, oh, yeah, honey, have one. And she goes, mom, I told you I'm a vegetarian. But she wasn't that dramatic. But that's probably how her mom heard it. And I'm looking at the situation. And what I assess is I'm like, oh, this girl wants to be understood by her mom. And she doesn't. And she's. And I'm looking at it like I'm a little older than her, probably by like I was probably 25, so eight years. And I'm like, this chick. Your is Honor, like, it was only eight years. <laughs> no, I was looking at it like, oh, this girl wants to be understood. I get it. <laughs> uh, your these parents guys, don't understand your vegan lifestyle, dude. Fuck them. Well, you guys, everyone harps on me, but <laughs> honestly, the girl was smart. And so, anyway, I saw her a couple other times, and she like, I don't know what happened, but she, we started She's talking like, about this like, guy has my back. Yeah. Well, he started, understands me. I said something. I'm like, listen, about your parents, just don't worry about it. They don't understand. <laughs> totally. Don't worry about it. Now, in the meantime, we had probably done a couple extra shots and a couple Cosmos. Yeah. And we would sip that margarita. But I remember walking past to go, because the margie I just left there to sip, and I went, and yours was done, and mine was not done. I got hammered. You got banged up. Didn't I play the piano for a little bit as well? Oh, yeah. You were Little Miss Seely's Blues. No, no, no. Miss Seely's Blues. That's my go-to. By the way, you weren't just playing it in a corner. You were playing it for the entire bat mitzvah. They were all the kids were dancing, and you were at there in your black. We used to wear black shirts, oh, yeah. black pants, and a white apron, and you were playing piano while I'm out there talking to this girl Like a boss. Yes. So, finally, Vanessa comes over to me. She's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, yeah, just give me a sec. Hold on. Isn't this story great if you just stop right here? Yeah. Isn't it enough? <laughs> Why? You don't want to hear the rest? I know where it's going. <laughs> of course you know where it's going. So she comes over and she's like, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, yeah, one sec. And I'm like, I think I was like talking about like Dostoevsky with this girl. Like you do. Like you do. And we're so, like, who knows what we're talking about? Then she comes back. She's like, Jack, I really need to talk to you. I'm like, all right, can you excuse me? And I go, what's up? And she goes, first of all, that girl's dad wants to know why you're talking to her, her his teenage <laughs> daughter. When I, he clearly thinks you're drunk. And I go, what? Wow. I'm not drunk. And she goes, second of all, Kunzi's passed out in the alley. <laughs> in the alley. And I go, shut up. I didn't care about anything about that guy. I go right out to the alley. And do you remember where you were? I know there was a dumpster and then like a chair or you something. You were on the ground next to the dumpster like a chalk outline. Laid out like a chalk outline. Eyes closed, and I remember I leaned over you. And didn't I go, cars come through there? No, yeah, no, no, very, no. very randomly. And I leaned over you, and I go, "What the fuck are you doing?" And you go, "What can I do to help?" And I was like, "Nothing. You can do nothing. No, you can help. sit in that chair and stay there." And this was like towards the end of the bar mitzvah, so like Vanessa and I and Mark all cleaned that place up. You left your car there. You didn't drive it home. I woke up on my couch uh, with just socks on. That's what I do remember. 
before, I think I had to make a phone call to Mark Becker. Do you remember what time this thing ended? It's probably like, I mean... The restaurant generally closed around midnight. midnight. Yeah, but this was a day event. This thing ended at like 6. No. I don't ever remember But it, it was dark time. out. It was getting dark. Maybe it was wintertime. It's not dark yet. Um, so all I remember is, so I hadn't been working there that long. The next morning, you call me. And you're like... I probably called you first. Yeah, and I go, hello? And you go, do we still have our jobs? That's, yeah. And I go, what? Why? Why wouldn't we? And you're like, Jay, do you even know what we did last night? I'm like, yeah, but isn't that how everyone rolls there? Like, it's like, <laughs> I had been working there long enough. And uh, I ended up calling our manager, Mark, after you had called him and apologized. And, I, and he said, the only thing that kept your job was that the owner, David, yeah, didn't come by and he was supposed to. Well, all's Mark said to me, he's like, yeah, you know, and he was such a nice guy. He goes, we got a little out of control because he was drinking, too. It's great. He's guy. Like, Wait, you know, we should probably tone it down. Great a guy. Yeah. The best. He was the best guy. He's a runner. Yeah, dude, there were many incidents there. Yeah, but I feel like when we were in our 20s, we both have a flair for like, like, I, I, I don't want to go completely into it. But like when you were in high school, you would make prank phone calls and you'd record them and then make mixtapes and then sell them. Sell them. At the time before, yeah, people were dumb enough to buy them and we would pre-sell them. They didn't think like, oh, we'll take this and copy it. We'd pre-sell them. Like you if you buy it now, you can get it for five. But after it comes out, yeah, they're 10. <laughs> How many do you think you sold? Probably like 50. Really? My mom heard them later. It went around. But like... My mom was a nurse at a, at a school nurse at a school, neighboring school, and I was in college, and she called me, and she's like, very calm. She's like, Mark, could you give me a call when you have a moment? I need to speak to you. And, and I said to my roommate, I was like, something's up. And she's like, so a young lady came in, uh, one of the students. She saw a picture of you on my desk, and she said, oh, my God, I know him. I used to work at a restaurant with him. He made me a mix are you the woman on the mix? Because she caught me doing the 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 mixtape. Oh my god! Was her? She's very high, loud voice. She caught me making a prank call, and she was like, "Are you on the phone with Timmy, my friend who was doing it with me?" You and she goes off. You're gonna go to jail. They're gonna call the FCC. And I put that as the intro to the tape. It was yeah. so great. And then I put it on mixtapes, and she got it. She's like, and I go, "No, nah, mom, she doesn't know what she's talking Ooh, about." You BASFs? What were you doing? Did you have a cover on the mixtapes? My friend Tim drew a cover. I forget what it was. Prank calls and listed. Had oh an my index. god! And that was before or after Jerky Boys? During around the same time. I mean, yeah. here we had to record them on on the answering machine while you were talking. Yeah. Um, one of them, Ross Perot, was running ninety two. Of course. And we called up this kid in our class whose dad was a lawyer who was one of those guys that like he backed up into a bus and sued the bus company uh-huh. so you're like you're hateful your son's like hateful and we pranked him and it was like a four-way call and it was like could you push this button taking a survey asking yeah. about the vice presidential debate he pushed the button any button and the recording was thank you for donating fifty dollars to the Ross Perot campaign fund, and he was like, no, 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 no. And then a supervisor came on because we were all in different places, just going with it. It made the newspapers. That's amazing. Because he reported it. Yeah. And uh, I just remember going like, this is awesome. And that's why your mom th- said you were going to go to jail. Yeah, because I told her, and then we kept doing it. 
Um, Good. T- this is how I spent my my years. Know, Instead of learning how to write, but I was doing similar stuff like you know writing articles against our high school football team and then getting like a article in the newspaper of the school newspaper trashing our newspaper our football team and signing it. Why? Because case. you felt more money should be devoted to the baseball and soccer team. No, because I thought they were fucking assholes and didn't care about the student population at all, and they were just arrogant losers. They were five and zero at the time when the article came out. They were five and four. They were no longer ranked. They were ranked number one in the state, five and zero. When I wrote the article, it came out on the day before Thanksgiving Day. They were five and four, no longer ranked. Played Thanksgiving, lost. Ended up five and five in the season. They walked into the, you know, like you always have a. Uh, Pep rally before yeah, in the, in the gymnasium. Yeah, they would always had a dummy of a player from the other team hanging. They burn it. No, they would just have it there, and they had the article stuck to it. And they came out and they go, "If you guys really feel the way about us that that article says, don't come to the game tomorrow." And then they walked out, and then they lost. The next Why do day. you hate them so much? Because because they stay in the line. Um, no one's going to hurt you in my Why did you hate them? You were like this athletic guy who roamed within all different circles. Well, exactly. What did you have against because them? Because they were they didn't care. I was in the marching band, and they didn't give two shits about us. Oh, that's what it is. You and weren't the getting the respect. Nope, no respect. But didn't you have like 18 people in your marching band? No, I think, I'd say our high point was 27, but yeah. we probably They were dissing 22. you. With your, yeah, no one says diss. What anymore. do you call it? Plume. Plume. Plume and a I forget you are a musician, Jay. I'm not. I played an instrument, but I'm not a musician. Um, all right. So we have a couple of... We want to read a poem, and we also want to tell the amazing, 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 amazing China story. No. Wait. That, that, that'll that take way too long, and well, I don't even know the details. Let's do a poem. Okay. So the name uh, So the name of Kunzi's podcast... Trapper Keeper Trapper Confessions. Trapper Keeper Confessions. Not the... Just Trapper Keeper Confessions. Do you want me to read the poem, or do you read it? No, I would love you to read it. Okay. Are you sure? Because I don't want to mess up your... No, no, no. Your tone or your... First of all, you, you read Is a poem. iambic pentameter? Nah. Because I'm going to have you read one of mine now. You read a... Do you recall? You have read poetry from me before. You read a poem at my wedding. Do we go way back, bro? You read a, read a Pablo Neruda poem. Poor fellow. Actual ceremony? Yeah. God, I don't remember. Do you remember me doing the speech at your rehearsal dinner? I wish I had that on tape. Someone does. Well, no one re- <clears throat> No one does. No, no my, my uncle, my cousin George, I thought did, and I would love to get Can that. Can I just say? My father asked you to say, oh, Jay. Did. My mom. Oh, we'd love it at the rehearsal. Could could Jay do it? Would you mind asking? And I was like, yeah. Okay. I felt awkward going like, could you come to my wedding and perform? But you, you did. I loved it, first of all. You crushed. I absolutely crushed. It's a lovely dinner. Do you remember? Hold on a second. Do you remember the old guy? I'm in the middle of the speech. That was the best. That's that's what set it in motion. I'm doing a speech, and while I'm doing it, your mom and your dad, but mainly your mom, keep saying, like, telling me, like, say the time. And I was like, (laughs) settle down. This chick, and I kept, remember, I kept shredding your mom. Yeah. And everyone was loving it. Who had been to the abandoned house, by the way? Yes, they yes. both had. And then, in the, while I'm still going, and I wasn't going that long, an older gentleman, I don't know who, whose side of the family Dr. Sisler, I know exactly who it was. He walked right past me to the dessert table like he didn't even know what was going on. And the whole walk, I shredded that guy. Yeah, really liked it. it was so you. Like, did, what, are you kidding me? I'm like, what, is this really? guy for real right really? now? Really? Yeah, and yeah. then I just kept going on him while he had his back to us, filling up his plate. Then I went back into it. Then he walked past again, and we went into it. 
Anyway, it was fantastic. So yes, so, you read a poem at my wedding. We asked you to read it. Okay. It was a lovely poem. I normally would bring my original cursive, but it's really difficult to read for some people if you don't know it. So yes. I will give you an option. Okay. <clears throat> Can you, I tell you that I won a poetry contest in third grade? I came in third place, maybe fifth grade, third place. Out of how many people? At a library competition. <laughs> I um, love those now. When my kids go to them, and it's like it's, you could, it's like you can, uh, watercolor or a story. My daughter did a story, and the parents are allowed to like transcribe it. Mm-hmm. And it was a great story, imaginative, but it was too good. But yeah, it, because they're like, there's no way this kid in first grade came up with this, yeah. and she didn't win. And I was like, what? Had she come up with it? Yeah. Wow. She's a good storyteller. Yeah. But you came in third place? Third place. I mean, you had to write the poem. It was like written out on paper. Do you recall what it was? It was called about my baseball bat. It was about baseball. I don't have it. But, you know, my grandmother baseball wrote day. poetry all the time for like our birthdays and stuff like that. I Listen, I wrote poetry that I, except for once, I gave it to myself. It was for me. I never expected it to really like Clearly. Let's get share. Into one. So you could have this. You could have um, January 25th, 1993. Okay, December 29th, 1992. Yes. Sophomore in high school. Or no date. Some of them didn't have dates. Just give them all to me. Okay. Okay. This is fresh. Could you say the date though? There's no titles to these. I didn't. December 29th, 1992. Can I break down the date a little? Please. December 29th. The year is ending. It's cold. It's New Jersey. You're sitting alone in your house. You're not Catholic. But it's not Jewish. Here's the funny thing about it. And we'll we'll get into like this idea of like if you had a finished basement. I this was not in New Jersey, as you'll see. I could I know the backstory. Where is it? I was skiing out west with my family. Oh, amazing. (laughs) You're gonna gonna like this. But still, the year the, the beauty for me in December is the year's ending. I'm saying goodbye. It's been a long December, and there's reasons to believe. Like, I don't listen to that. Next year don't I send you a text every... I think I send you and Jay a text every year. It's like... Of course. Okay, yeah. Either way, December 29th is the year is ending. Every, you have the whole next year. It's like... That's why people love New Reflection. Year's. Reflection. Optim- you can change. Snowy. Snow. Cold. Outdoor right, should fires. I just, should I just read it through, and then we'll break it down? Please. Okay. When you're walking aimlessly at the day's long end and you have no life and no money to spend and that cold wind pierces quickly in this ritzy tourist town and you choose to be a loner while there's people all around and you formulate the exact words to say but you can't bring yourself to speak because fear restrains you and comes between you and your goal and you walk in circles thinking what if and end up once again feeling regret. Don't worry, buddy, for there are millions like yourself. They're all around, just like you, watching, looking, seeking, but never speaking. Still, somehow, inevitably, you will find your voice sometime far off into the not-too-distant future. So fear not. Young Knox! I knew you'd love that one, right? Oh, love no. It. What? That was the first half of me and the K-Man. There's a clean break in there. Not really. Just know, second half on Monday. Watch it, listen to it, it'll be ready for you, and enjoy the hell out of it. And don't forget to watch my special on YouTube. It's there for you. Go watch it.